The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Overtime Open Line is brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Gino Malkin with left ball back defensively, drops it off to the net, gets it, scoops it, scores! And Pittsburgh wins the game in overtime, 2-1. The connection failed to hook up in regulation, but it does in OT. Kissel, the winner. 2-1, 2-1, 2-1. The final scores on the Oilers' three-game road trip. They win in overtime, they lose in regulation, and then they lose in overtime tonight to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Thanks for joining us. It's 7.58. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. That was the Kessel game winner. Ian Cole had an early third-period goal for the Penguins. Connor McDavid had a goal late in the third period for the Oilers, who fall to 2-5-1 and one on the season. The story for them going out on this road trip was they got to get better goaltending, they got to give up fewer grade A chances, and they got to do a better job killing penalties. Well, they defend better. They go 90% on the penalty kill on the road trip. Cam Talbot's save percentage last three games 949, and they cannot score. The Oilers only get four goals in three games. Their shooting percentage on the road trip 4.2. That's not good. 4.2, Rob. And, uh, I mean, great goaltending time. But first of all, before we get into some of this, both goaltenders were excellent tonight. Yeah, it, it was a, a well-played game by the goalies as they stood on their head. And it wasn't, I mean, a 2-1 game, you think, okay, not a lot of chances. But there were a ton of chances this game, a lot of grade-A scoring chances. Both goalies had to come up with highlight reel saves. And one of those games where... You know, whoever gets the the lucky break or the lucky bounce is going to win the hockey game. And the lucky bounce came courtesy of a probably an ill-advised play by Milan Lucic in overtime, throwing it hard through the slot. And then he just can't catch a fast Kessel going back the other way two-on-one. It's usually the way it works in overtime. One team will have a great chance, and if they don't cancel, capitalize on it, and it was a three-on-two for, for the... Oilers in overtime, they don't capitalize. It's going back the other way. And unfortunately for the Edmonton Oilers, Phil Kessel did capitalize. We've seen Lucic in overtime three on three before. Not a lot. Were you surprised he was out there second shift? Yes. Yeah, I was. I mean, you and I always, before the overtime start, we'd start guessing, okay, who's the first two guys for the Oilers? Who are the Penguins going to put out? All right, next up. I... The Penguins are, are incredibly skilled. There's not a lot of teams in the NHL that get into three-on-three and actually have as much or more skill than the Edmonton Oilers. The Penguins might be able to boast that. So you're throwing out Nugent Hopkins in the second unit, obviously, because Drysaddle and McDavid are the, the, the factor. They go number one no matter what. And then you're coming out with Nugent Hopkins. You know Malkin is coming out and Kessel. That's their number two unit. And that is a ton of speed and a ton of skill. You would think it would be Nugent Hopkins and someone, A, that's a little better defensively, or B, someone that can match the speed. And the two players that you and I discussed that we thought would come out would either be Nugent Hopkins with Yamamoto or Nugent Hopkins with Orion Strom. And uh, Lucic, um, I mean, his bread and butter are built from the ringette lines down on a rink. That's where he's, his strength is. His strength isn't in a, an end-to-end type of hockey game. 
And on that one, he tried making a hard pass through the slot in the offensive zone. It gets turned over. And then it's a foot race between Kessel and Lucic. And your money is on Kessel to win that every time. All right, so 2-1, the Penguins take it. Man, the Oilers don't even get to five goals on the road trip. If they ever get to five in a game, we'll turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. Then you can print up a coupon for a free appetizer at one of three locations. Japanese Village in Edmonton, downtown Southside and Northside. All right, you can reach us by calling 780-496-0063. We'll have post-game reaction from Pittsburgh as we move along as well. We'll start off with Mo on line one. Hi, Mo. Hey, what's up, uh, Robin Reed? Uh, so, I just wanted to say a few things. Um, I think the Oilers played really good today. Like, uh, apart from uh, Matt Murray just robbing us on every great ace scoring chance we had. But, uh, yeah, that's overtime and who cheats. Like, I don't know, like last year, everyone was saying, oh, wait till, wait till the playoffs. We just finished like two cards in the playoffs. And I was like, okay, he's going to do good in the playoffs game. He wasn't really good in the playoffs. And this year, He's not really good in offensive, and he's like a liability for us, you know what I mean? And uh, I'm thinking about, I don't know, 12% of his salary cap for the next six years, and it's not looking good, man. I think he's on the downslide of his career, and I hope he can pick it up, but it's not looking good for us right now. Well, he's, I think he's had a tough start, Mo, and, and there, was a, there was a turnover tonight. Uh, when Nugent Hopkins passed it and, and it got intercepted and, and it looked bad on Nuge, but Rob and I watched the replay and we actually thought Lucic like looked like he was making himself available for the pass and then turned away. And I, you know, I thought Nuge kind of left hang, hanging. He's he's had a, a tough start to the year. Yeah, like he's not. I'm like, Nick Handel, every time he passes, he gives it to another, just like a, the other team. And I don't know, man. I hope he picks it up. Yeah. Anything else, Mo? No, that's all I got. Okay. Yeah. Appreciate you calling for sure. And uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, Lucic, tough, tough night. Some tough moments. And uh, around the net, it's everybody is having. <laughs> I mean, even McDavid got a goal. He had a couple where it looked yep. like he he might get. And then the it was an interesting game. The Penguins were were better in the first period. Uh, the Oilers were better in the second period even though Talbot's best save was probably in the second period. Uh, the third period, you know, the Penguins, I, I think, had a little bit of an advantage. They got that early power play and kept pushing. The Oilers tied it late. And then overtime, you know, Dreisaitl, I don't think, got quite as, as much as he wanted to on that one-timer, and then the Penguins get the chance going the other way. Well, right now, on this road trip, it was uh, the Oilers just didn't capitalize. I mean, they had some chances tonight, especially where pucks that you would expect to go in didn't there were I, I guarantee you Latestu in his mind he scored because he, he he got full wood on the puck he knew it got it past any defenseman in his way and that is a you know one of those things that Murray he, he could try that in practice a hundred times and he's going to maybe make two stops yet he made it at a huge part of the hockey game uh, McDavid had a, a one rate in the slot wasn't able to get it through defenders laying down Maroon in the slot and just seemed like the Pittsburgh Penguins desperation level in front of their own net was incredible tonight and, and as good as Murray was so were the defenders on making blocks laying, putting their body on the line doing whatever it took to keep the puck out of the net so it, I, I think that there's a lot of positives in the offensive part of the game for the Oilers that they created as many chances as they had the eventually it's going to go and there's no way they're going to be three or four percent over an extended period of time in the shooting percentage uh, again 
they're just too many talented players for the puck not to go in the net for them. Penguins take it 2-1 tonight. The Oilers uh, get the goal. McDavid from Maroon and Clefbaum with Dreisaitl joining McDavid and Maroon for the last 10 minutes. That's our adjustment of the game for Alberta's chiropractors. Life is the roughest game of all. Feel better, move better, live better with help from your chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. What, what, would have you liked to have seen... I, I know you want Dreisaitl with McDavid all the time. In terms of the flow of this game... Because I thought there were some good moments for, you know, Dreisaitl when he was out there with some other guys, too. Uh, but would have you gone to that earlier in the third? Would have you gone to it as soon as it was one nothing? Because he decided to do it with about 10 minutes left. I, I probably would have started the third period with Dreisaitl there. Um, I think you're starting to shorten your bench. You've got a, a well-rested team because you haven't played in a few days. So you're fairly rested. So you don't have to worry about going down to, to three lines to start the third period. So I would have thought that they would have put him there. But you knew it was coming. The, the others just, the puck wasn't going, especially, I think the way that the second period had gone, where the others get uh, a number of really good chances, that they're thinking, all right, you know what, maybe we can roll the lines the way they are and something's going to go. But once Pittsburgh started getting the play to start the third period, I think Todd McClellan at that point said, okay, it's going against us now. We need that one super line to go out there and do something. And they scored the goal on that line, scored the goal, but they also had a couple other very good shifts in the last 10 minutes. So they created things. It just, and this is the problem. I know why a lot of people want Dreisaitl carrying his own line because when Dreisaitl plays with McDavid, the others become a very one-line team. And it happened again tonight. Once Drysaddle and McDavid were together, you really didn't see a lot of creation offensively from the other three lines. Penguins win it 2-1 in overtime. World Series tonight, 3-1 for the Dodgers leading the Astros. They're in the seventh inning. 780-496-0063. We have Ron. Hey, Ron. Hello. Hey, go ahead, buddy. Yes, um, I don't really want to talk, comment too much on how the Oilers are doing at the moment. Uh, what I'd like to comment on is uh, that they're still hanging on to Yamamoto, which I haven't heard his name too much tonight. And others have had a history of hanging on to their first-round picks a little longer than they should, I think. I think maybe it would be better if they sent him down to uh, juniors or... Uh, Bakersfield. Well, yeah, he has to go back to Spokane, Ron, for sure. That that's going to be a big decision that'll that'll happen, perhaps in the uh, in the days to come. It was his seventh game played tonight. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Sorry, is this Kieran on the line? Is it Kieran? Yeah, this is Kieran. Kieran, hey, go ahead, buddy. So uh, I thought that uh, that like the Oilers, like we're playing too much as a third period team. Like if you think about it, how many more goals have we scored in the third period this year than any other period? Well, part of the reason is they're always losing, or, or they they're giving up the first goal. And what what is it now? I, it's they said tonight on the game how many minutes in a row? Yeah, you're over four hundred. Over four hundred minutes since they've led in a hockey game. So yeah, and they've been outscored eleven three in the first period. Mm-hmm. They have played eight games, right? Yes, they've played eight games. They've scored first twice. So that's why they're uh, been noticeably better in the third period because they're usually losing and are trying to come back. But you're absolutely right. If you want to be a successful team, you got to get the lead. Reed, I don't know if you heard before the game, Reed's mentioned 66% of the time if you score first, you win the hockey game. Mm-hmm. So if you want to win, the others got to start scoring first and playing with the lead. So you're absolutely right. I also think like what you guys, uh, what you guys said about like the two players that should play in overtime, 
uh, for the second line. I think that Kajula is a pretty good defensive player, too. That's, yep. yeah, That's he's quick, yeah. Yeah, you know what? After I said the, the Strom or Yamamoto, I'm looking up and down the, the lineup to see which other player, and the, the next one that jumped out was Kajula. Absolutely. And, and you know what's interesting, Kieran, too? And I mean, we're you know maybe we're nitpicking a little bit. I'm sure McClellan had his reason for putting Lucic out there. But when it was three-on-three three last year, you rarely saw Lucic until it was deeper into an overtime, and maybe the other team had a slower guy out there. And Kieran, Patrick Maroon had 27 goals last year. How often did you see him in overtime? Maybe twice. Um, yeah, like twice, three times. <laughs> you know, because it's a different, it's a different style, right? So, you know, it, that that's the one decision that's probably going to be picked apart uh, a, a little bit tonight. Um, but again, if they bang one or two in in the second period, which probably doesn't go to overtime. You know, I think they put Lucic in because, like, how many goals did he score, like, just going up the wing with, like, that hard wrist shot five-hole? So I think they wanted to put him out there and have that chance of scoring that quick goal with his wrist shot. True. The, the, the problem arises when you see who the other team puts out. And, mm-hmm. and you knew, like, you could have a week ago, a month ago, a year ago, you could have told you, everyone would have known that Crosby was going to be in the first twosome, and it's Kessel and Malkin coming out second. So you've got to say, okay, do we want Lucic out against Kessel and Malkin? And and then it's up to you to decide if that's a f- fair trade-off or not. I personally, what it, for me is when I see it, I the first my gut reaction to what do I see happens on the ice. My gut reaction when I saw Lucic, I'd like, oh, that's a little surprising. Yeah, yeah. Well, right off the face-off, we said that, and then they got the puck out and got a chance, and they they didn't get a shot out of it. So there you go, Kieran. It's good to hear from you, buddy. Good to hear from you too. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Three stars tonight. Well, Matt Murray, the first star, winning goalie. He was excellent. Phil was Kessel, game winning goal, second star. Cam Talbot, third star. Pretty. Uh, I don't think it was. Uh, that's one of the easier nights for the guy to pick the three stars. It was probably going to be the two goalies and the guy who got the game winner in a low scoring game. Yes. Our fourth star of the game is for Missioner Allen Auctioneering. Check out maauctions.com for industrial and automotive sale dates. Win or lose, Rob and I uh, pick an oiler. Well, I'll give it to McDavid tonight. I well, guess he to got the goal. Uh, to me, I'm going opposite. I'm going Darnell Nurse. I thought Darnell Nurse was excellent tonight. And add to the fact that he fought one of the toughest guys in the National Hockey League and, and stood up for his teammate to do it. But I thought Nurse was smart when he had the puck. He jumped up in the play when he had to. He was a beast in the back end. I thought he made great strides forward tonight. Yeah, Nurse, uh, Nurse has actually had a pretty good start to the season, I thought, despite the Oilers uh, struggling here. They lose 2-1 in overtime to the Penguins. So every game on this road trip ends 2-1. The Oilers get an overtime win, an overtime loss, and the regulation loss to Philadelphia. That was on Saturday afternoon. Uh, the next game, home to Dallas on Thursday, 5.30 face-off show. The game will start at 7 here on 6.30, Chet. We have Dan on the line. Dan, hope you're having a good night despite the result. What's on your What's on your mind? Dan, are you there? All right. We'll uh, see if we got Dan there, Patrick. Maybe, uh, maybe he muted his phone. Hmm. Let's uh, bring Darcy onto the show instead. Hey, Darcy. Hey, Reed. Hey. So I agree with you guys. Like, Lucic does not belong on three-on-three overtime. Lucic Maroon, they're good five-on-five, good power play forward, but they should. They don't have the foot speed for three-on-three. So that's my first comment. Second comment is uh, the lines they had going in training camp, like the early on lines, they were playing really well together. Like, when does McCollin decide to go back to those? Like, a Maroon, McDavid, Strom, uh, Drysdale, Lukajula. Oh, those ones. Okay. Yeah. Ah, uh, that's a good question. I don't know if he. I don't know if they want to put Strom back up there right now. 
until he maybe does something something else. I'm trying to flip back. I got all my notes here. Oilers Flames Monday September uh, Monday September 18th. McDavid, Maroon, Strom, Nugent Hopkins between Laleja and Pudiyarvi, so they're not here. Latestu, well, Pakarinen, and Cassian. And then, yeah, there was a game in Calgary, too. Um, I, I don't know, Rob. Do you think they're going to put Strom back up on that first line? I, I don't think so. I, I don't think Strom goes there until Yamamoto goes down to the minors, which I still think is the probable thing that's going to happen. But to me, it's... Uh, Drysaddle's the best up there. And until someone else can go up there and show that they can play there or show they can play anywhere, then I don't think it's going to... agree that Drysaddle and McDavid are better apart? Or they're more of a threat to the opposing team because now we got to deal with two of the best Oilers players. So I just load them up on one line. The problem I see with that, and in, in, in a perfect world, it, it it would be that way. But I don't see enough scoring on the wings to be able to break them up and have them be productive. The Oilers uh, don't have enough skill down. On the wings, I just don't see enough goal scoring yet. Now maybe uh, eventually it'll be a Yamamoto and a Pujarvi that'll be able to be two offensive weapons on the right side and now you can split them up and then you become the Penguins or the Blackhawks where they have their best two players separated. But I just... Precisely, but RV needs more time developing. Yeah, I mean, yep. yeah, he does. I mean, he, he'll, he'll get more seasoning in, in junior this year and eventually they'll be here. But right now, I mean, they need a Strom or a Lucic or, or someone like that to step up and be... Uh, someone they can count on, and I mean it's, and you're not always going to score. If you're a secondary player, you're not always going to score, but you should get more chances than they're getting, and they're just okay, not like, creating enough. But like even uh, say if you throw Jokin and Nuge early on in training camp, mm-hmm. had pretty good chemistry. So throw Fepeshev with those those two, and I've always thought that Drysdale and Lucic have always played well together. They both play a very similar game, heavy. They're not the fastest skaters, but they give and go pretty good. Yeah, I think I think they had some good moments for sure, and obviously they were together at the end of the playoffs. Darcy, yeah. I mean, if you listen to Rob at all, and he's not he's not disagreeing with you to be argumentative, <laughs> but he 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 thinks McDavid and Drysital, he'd he'd put them together all the time if he were coaching. So that's that you you make Darcy yep, makes totally absolutely. valid points. Absolutely. That's just how Rob would approach it. Yeah, and, until the Oilers have proven wingers that can score, which I don't think they have, Drysaddle and McDavid in my mind play together. Darcy's great to hear from you, buddy. All right. Okay. All right, thanks very much. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Full board of calls. We're going to get to everybody. We'll have post game reaction. Oilers lose in OT. Kessel with the winner. Penguins take it two one. Canadian Brewhouse overtime open line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center. Live from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center. This is the Canadian Brewhouse overtime open line on Oilers Radio six thirty. Chair. Two on one, Pittsburgh, Kessel, Malkin back to Kessel, backhand denied by Cam Talbot, and Kessel just couldn't get it cleanly on his forehand. That return feed from Malkin was just a shade off, and Kessel unable to bury it. Talbot with enough time to recover, flash out the left pad, and we're still scoreless. Cam Talbot on this road trip faced 99 shots. He stops 94. That was his save of the game for Armour Insurance. Protect your car, home, and business with Armour at armorinsurance.ca. However, 
The Oilers only score four goals total on the road trip. They go 1-1-1. One, one, and one. The Penguins take tonight's game 2-1 in overtime. Kessel got the game winner. Talbot makes 42 saves. Uh, McDavid tied it for the Oilers late in the third. Ian Cole scored for Pittsburgh early in the third. Thanks for joining us. It's 821 along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. You can get us at 780-496-0063. All right, we're going to try again with Dan. Dan, sorry, I couldn't hear you the first time we tried to bring you on. Go ahead. I, I'm sorry. I accidentally hit mute on my phone. <laughs> That's <funny>. okay. <laughs> All right. Now, um, just as players have bad games, I think coaches can have bad games as well. And, uh, you know, McClellan decided to split him up tonight, which is fine. But, uh, you know, first period, I thought Dreisaitl, Latestu, and Kajula actually looked like our, our most dangerous line. And in a 0-0 game, for who knows what reason, he blows it up. I don't get that. You know, we can talk about the Lucic you know, over time, and, and, you know, that's that's the biggest problem. But another thing I wanted to talk to you guys about was the Penguins' goal that they scored. Now, it was Dreisaitl, Maroon, and Yamamoto on the ice. Now, do you know, was that because of the line change with Maroon out there, or was that another temporary switch? That, that was what they, how they changed the lines. Oh, I'm not after, sure why Maroon... after a penalty kill. Yeah, Maroon... It's after a penalty yeah. kill, so McDavid would have been out killing part of the penalty. Okay, well... I'm, Maroon isn't really even the point there. The thing is, between Yamamoto and Drysaddle, they didn't know which one was supposed to go to the point there. On so, that one, well, that was the left winger's pointman, so it it wouldn't so Yamam, it would have been should have been Maroon or Drysaddle. I have to rewatch the play because there was about four or five guys that were down in the corner. But my point being is, okay, you're bringing Drysaddle back after four games off. You know he wh- where is the chemistry? I mean, if you start him with one line, then you flip him with Yamamoto, then you put him back to McDavid at the end of the game. It just, and I know you, I've talked to you, Rob, about this last year sometimes with McClellan, and I know you believe that players can play and it doesn't matter. Chemistry means nothing. But to me, on a crucial play like that, when players know who their, what their line mates are doing, what their assignments are, it does make a difference. Well, their lines always get switched up after penalty kills, no matter what, because every there's always usually players off of different lines at penalty kills. So you've got to be capable of playing with anyone, and you've got to know what your role is on that line and who your guy is. As for the switch up, and it was funny because Reed and I were talking about it during a, a commercial break when they changed the lines. My guess, and this is only my guess, I agree that I thought the test to um, dry saddle. Uh, line was was pretty good in the first period, but I my guess when they switched Yamamoto and Latestu, it was because the Penguins were matching Crosby versus McDavid, and I'm guessing that they wanted a better defensive player on the right side than Yamamoto, just because it's a young kid, he's going out against one of the best, if not the best in the world. So take away the pressure of playing good defensive hockey against him, and that's why Letesto went up there. That's the only guess, because, I mean, Letesto to me is not a right winger. He's a fourth-line centerman. So the fact that he went up and played with McDavid for a while is because they wanted a line match, something against Sidney Crosby. Yeah, that's a good question, though, Dan, because Rob and I did talk about that during the first period when they switched Yamamoto and Letesto for sure. Appreciate it, buddy. Call again, okay? Okay, bye-bye. 780-496-0063. 780-496-0063. Before we get more phone calls, let's hear from the Oilers head coach, Todd McClellan. 
Well, I, I liked the way we played. Um, I thought we checked fairly well. They still had some some shot barrages around our net that uh, that we can clean up. But uh, when you keep that type of team to uh, one in regulation and and you have to go to uh, an overtime for for the loss, um, I like that part of it. Thought the offensive part of it, we had some. Well, we had open nets. We had three or four open nets. Their goaltender made a couple of great saves. We missed on the on the open nets. Um, it's almost like we're squeezing it so tight that we either pause or we shoot a little too quick, and that'll come in time. But um, uh, you know, I, if we, we started this road trip, we ended up playing three games and uh, on the road. If we would have been told we we're only going to give up five goals in two overtime matches. Uh, I would have thought we had a pretty good chance of getting away with more than three points, but uh, that's the way it's going for us right now. Um, we'll pack up, we'll get home, and we'll continue to work at it. Todd, you said it's almost like the team's squeezing the sticks a little bit too hard. Connor was just saying he thinks everyone needs to relax. Why do you think there is so much kind of, I don't want to say pressure, but frustration already? Well, there's not the there's not pressure, and the, the frustration is the fact early in the year it was going in all the time. Uh, now that we've fixed that somewhat, it's not going in for us, and uh, we're, uh, you know, we're fighting it from both ends. We've got the defensive part of it um, cleaned up somewhat, which is a, a good sign. Uh, we'll get the offensive part of it cleaned up. Um, like I told them, between the second and third, they've all scored 70, 80, 90 goals in some league. You don't make it to the NHL without doing that, no matter if you're a checker or not. Um, it's just remembering how you did it and what it felt like. And uh, right now, they feel like they. Uh, you know, they're jamming away and, and having some poise around the net sometimes is a nice thing too, but it'll come. Decision to go from Yamamoto to Latestu on Connor's line, is that just looking for maybe a little finish? No, it was um, playing against Sid and his line is uh, is a tough task for a young player, and uh, I thought Test was uh, going to be a little better in that situation than Yamo. It had nothing to do with Yamo's uh, play or anything like that. It's just that uh, it needed a little more defensive stability and test gave it to him. Connor said he, he feels like watching this team they're not as fast as they were last year do you do you see that too watching which team Your team. Uh, well we're not as quick um, we've got to make decisions quicker we've got to get the pucks quicker we've got to make plays quicker um, there's no doubt we need a little more pace in our game um, I thought we were quicker tonight than we have been uh, with Leon and Drake back and they're only going to get better as we go along um, but it's a fast game right now. It's a fast man's game, and if you're slow, you you really struggle playing. But it's not a physical thing. It's a mental thing. It's making decisions quicker. It's well, it, like let's face it. We're not going to. Uh, we talked about this in Edmonton. We're not getting uh, Usain Bolt fast over the next five days, uh, six days. But we can get quicker by moving pucks cleaner. We can work into position quicker. We can release shots quicker. We can think quicker and anticipate better, and that'll make us a half step faster. Um, and and we need that. We need to become a quicker team. Having Talbot, having Talbot back in form, I mean, that makes sure at least part of the battle. Uh, well, goaltending was not an issue, and defensive play wasn't an issue on this road trip. Um, you know, coming into it, we had some concerns. So three tough buildings, five goals against, and two overtime games, we'll take that. We'll take that in any road trip. Um, we just need to find the net ourselves at the other end, and that'll come. Dry settle going back with the Purely circumstantial. Just, no, just a, uh, they're a pretty dynamic group when they get together and we're down by one. I'll uh, put them together and see what happens. Thanks, Doc.
All right, so that's head coach Todd McClellan. Oilers losing overtime 2-1 to the Penguins, and Todd confirming there what Rob thought, that they switched Yamamoto and Latestu to get a, a better defensive player on McDavid's line uh, going against Crosby most of the night. Uh, and, well, I mean, they only allowed five. I, I mean, like, I think part of the, 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 the problem with the season is not this three-game road trip. It's the four games that happened before it. Yeah. I mean, they, the, they had a three-game homestand before this road trip. They didn't win a game. Usually 500 on the road is okay. Zero percentage at home is very, very no, poor. That, that's so a, that's that's what that's really mm-hmm. what got them into this hole, despite some of the problems that they have. No, yeah, I, they they played well on this road trip, very well on this road trip. And if they would have taken care of business on home ice, you'd say, okay, oh, they they did well on the trip. I mean, they went into Pittsburgh, they went into Chicago, to Philly. Now I can't wait for them to get home because things are going really well. But you said it during the game that it wasn't this road trip that was the issue. It was the games preceding this road trip that had them into the trouble that they're in. Good news for Colin. He's our third first goal of the game winner already this year. So he's into the grand prize draw for the gift certificate to Ashley Fine Floors. Booster Juice is going to make a $25 donation to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. Booster Juice, an oasis of freshness in a fast-paced world. 25 bucks for every goal throughout the season. It's now up to 425 John, Adam, Jamie, Gary, Jonathan, Tristan, you're all getting on the show. Quick news and weather update. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chan. Well, joined by former Pittsburgh Penguin Rob Brown, and it is the Penguins who edge the Oilers tonight 2-1 in overtime. Pretty entertaining game, though I know you're not happy with the result. Very good goaltending. Talbot with some brilliant saves. Murray with a save-of-the-year candidate on Mark Letestu on a power play in the second period. Dove across, got his paddle on it to keep it out. Looked like Letestu was going to have another power play goal. Cole early in the third. McDavid tied it with 2.53 to go. And then Kessel wins it 42 seconds into overtime. 780-496-0063. We'll bring in John. John, thank you for calling. Hey, guys. How are you tonight? We're good, thanks. Hey, quick question for you guys. I, uh, I'm i just noticing some things here watching the Oilers play here the last couple games. And uh, I don't really want to get into trade rumors or, uh, you know, the, the big trade debate. But uh, my question to you guys is, uh, with the trading of Jordan Everly, has that opened up a um, almost unfillable hole, I guess you could say, um, with the speed and the scoring skill of wingers? Because to me... It doesn't really seem like we have capable wingers anymore that are capable of scoring at the rate that Jordan Everly was and complementing with that speed. Well, a it's lot good of question. it is a good question. A lot of people last year would have said that having Jordan Everly on the team wasn't was leaving a big gap on the right wing for the amount of money he got paid. I, I mean, I like Jordan, and I think Jordan filled a role. Um, He's a, he was a 25 goal scorer, what is more or less his average was per year with the Edmonton Oilers. He, he led them in scoring a few times. Uh, the fans and media a lot had soured on him last year, thinking that they could do better, especially at the price point that he that he was. Uh, I I thought when they made the trade that it was a trade that was mainly 
beneficial to the Oilers through contract. Well, and that was the first thing yeah. Shirelli said about it. Yeah, it was. I mean, Strom is not a good as good a player as Jordan Eberle. I think the Oilers were hoping for more out of Pujarvi before this during this preseason. They, they thought he would fill a role up here. He did not have a great preseason. He hasn't done a whole lot down in the minors as of yet either. And then now all of a sudden you're like, okay, somebody's got to pick up the slack. Lucic has had a slow start to the season. Nugent Hopkins has had a slow start. Strom has had a slow start. I mean, these are players. Cassian has had a slow start and has been actually seeing his ice time decrease. So it's, yeah, they need someone to fill the hole that Everly left. And right now nobody has grabbed it. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I mean, again, that that was my my. I was not as concerned. There's always concerns. I mm. wasn't as concerned about Benning or Nurse nope. stepping up. And actually, Nurse has played better than I than I thought he. I agree with you. You know, there Benning too. obviously got benched and 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 got sick, but he's been fine. I thought since he came back. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just thought if they were going to move up a level in the standings, and right now they're no nowhere near where they where they want to be. Who was going to get the goal in a in a tight game like this? Who was going now? This was a this was the best goaltending performance the Oilers have had against them. But still, you got to find a way to overcome that. So yeah, I mean you're right, Rob. You got the Strom with one, uh, Nuge with two. You know Maroon's picked up a couple and he got another point tonight. But and then Kajula, who was supposed to be a depth scoring guy, hasn't even he's only played three games. Yeah. So there was another little problem. So a lot of things have added up to to this start for sure. Yeah, the Oilers, I, they don't have a lot of proven. Goal score. They don't have a Phil Kessel type player on their wings, right? Especially if Drysaddle moves to center, and they need someone to, to to fill it, someone to jump up and steal that spot. I mean, right now, waiting for them is a spot with Connor McDavid or a spot with Leon Drysaddle on the right side. Yet nobody has been able to take that opportunity and run with it. Uh, they do have guys in the pipeline that eventually can do it. Yamamoto, I believe, is going to be very good. I think Pugliarvi... Well, he looks more promising than Pugliarvi. I mean, yeah, I, I don't think there's any debate there. No, and... Maybe someday it'll be different, but... If you take away... If, if Yamamoto was 21, then there wouldn't be any discussion about him going anywhere. It, it's the fact that he's still a kid and has junior eligibility is the only reason that he is not going to be here if he's not here the remainder of the season. Adam, what's on your mind tonight? Hey, guys, I'm... I'm a little disappointed, and uh, from the beginning of the season, I felt like the Oilers should have picked up a winger. I know it's a little late now to say that, but uh, I feel like their top six just isn't there yet. I feel like they're missing one speedy winger. You know, I really, he, he filled a big part of that. Um, you know, McClellan's, he's, he's shifting the lines around. He's trying to figure something out, but he, I think he's just missing one piece, and he's trying to work with what he's got, right? Yeah, you're right, and this is exactly what Reed and I have been talking about now for... Well, for the last month, the, the Oilers are—they don't have depth on the wings. I mean, they haven't scored three goals in a game, which is yeah, all season true. long. Well, once in against Calgary, first game of the season. Well, the more than more three, than three. they yeah. get three twice. Yeah, they got to exactly three twice. Yeah, so no, this is a team that you would have thought offense wouldn't be an issue when you have a McDavid and you have a Drysaddle, but when they're creating the play, someone has to finish, and there was a number of chances tonight to be finished, and they just weren't. No, I, yeah, and I mean, sure. Again, to get back to, uh, say, a guy like Kajula, I think they were, and maybe he still will, that he was going to step up and score, you know, 15 to 20 because last year how, how he finished, I think they were encouraged. So I think that's why they didn't go, whatever, sign Yarmir Yager or try to Yager's not the trade team. for James Neal or yeah. whoever. But Neal yeah. would have been good. 
Yeah, Neil would be. He'd be very maybe he'll still be an Oiler this year. Who knows? Adam, well, do you want to... Sorry, go ahead. Really quick. On, yep. on the topic of Pajula, I don't understand why we haven't seen... Uh, you know, I haven't been impressed with Maroon. Why Why we haven't seen Kajula, McDavid, and Dreisaitl? You know, speedy, fast players, lots of skill on that line. Um, you put Maroon with Lucic and Nuge, you got a big bodied line. I know it's not as fast, but they can win battles along the boards. They can fight it out in the middle of the in the slot. They can they can still produce, but you, that first line, I feel like it just needs to score goals. Like you you got to put something in. You know what? You know what if, I mean? uh, uh, five games ago, four games ago, I would agree with you know Maroon not producing, but I mean the last few games he scored back to back games. He set up the goal tonight. I think he's trending in the right direction. So mm-hmm. I, I don't see the move and loot and I don't know if you can have a slower line in the National Hockey League. I yeah, just don't sure. think it's just too fast nowadays. So if you have two guys on the outsides that are not built for speed, then mm-hmm. I think you're in a bit of trouble. So I think Maroon mm-hmm. is fine with McDavid. He's going in the right direction. And I think they see that as a duel. And Adam, you know, fair point. And even mm-hmm. McClellan kind of referenced uh, that, you know, he kind of needed to have a chat with Maroon to mm-hmm. get him going. But if, if you go look at Maroon, I don't have it open right now, but if you look at Maroon's game log from last year, yeah. you'll see a uh, eight game bunch where he got twelve points, and then an eight oh, yeah. game bunch where he got two. Right, so he might be might be getting into a good bunch right now. Hey, do you want to try to finish the play? For sure. All right, what do you have here, Patrick? Edmonton had a good game on the road here. Just hasn't found the back of the net. Nurse, beautiful pass to McDavid, drag move, and Ian Cole trips him. All right, so Ian Time Cole 15. gets Ian Cole gets called for tripping. Did the Oilers score on the power play, Adam? No. You are correct. Hang on the line. Wow, I sounded really excited there. You like, did I sound was excited. exciting, but I didn't. I didn't think I was that excited. Did, did this gentleman win a huge prize? Is that you got, you're so you got excited? Got a weekday parking pass to Jet Set U Park, brought to you by Jet Set Parking. Park cheap and easy. Know what happens? Visit JetSetParking.com. Eight days, right? Is yeah, that, so he well, can go on the Oilers' well, next road trip. Well, I mean, you have to go away now. You got eight days of free parking. Yeah. Start packing, baby. You're going somewhere nice. That's, that's a good point. 842, Oilers lose 2 1 in overtime. As we look at the advantage trailer rental scoreboard, Predators and Flames 2 2 late in the third. It was 2 0 Nashville until a few minutes ago. The Canucks beat the Wild 1 0. The Avalanche lead the Stars 3 2 in the second period. Dallas is here Thursday. Vegas up 2 1 on Chicago late in the first. The Senators, uh, sorry, the Kings win 3-2 in a shootout over the Senators. Ottawa is 4-1-4 and on the season. They're, they're in imagine every game. Could, I guess that's they the could positive. Win overtime. The Canadians uh, do what the Oilers have been longing to do. They fill the net tonight. 5-1, the Habs beat the Panthers. Sabres beat the Red Wings 1-zip. The Lightning, who are great so far, knock off the Hurricanes 5-1. It is the Ducks pounding the Flyers 6-2. And the Islanders beat the Coyotes 5-3. Coyotes are 0-8-1 on the season. Oh, and uh, World Series is going on. Where are we at here? Astros, their first look. Oh, it ended. for L.A. Those those, those last few innings went fast. They did. I was like, wait a minute, the game didn't take four hours like most baseball games? There's highlights up there. I'm like, oh, my God. I was looking at the TV. They just took two runs away from the Dodgers. That's the first time ever. And sorry about the audio there, everybody. I clicked on the uh, ESPN website, got some automatic highlights. Jamie on line three. Hello, Jamie. Hey, guys. How are you doing tonight? Doing well. Good. Hey, I just have a couple points. Something kind of burning me out. Uh, mostly about some of McClellan's decisions lately. Um, first one is, uh, I don't know how more people aren't talking about Jokinen being washed up. 
I'm glad he was out of the lineup tonight. I think he's uh, way he's he's lost too much of a step for the game. Um, I, I hope not to see him uh, back on the lineup uh, as long as you know, if, unless we desperately need him. Um, that's one thing I agree with you guys on the fact that Lucha shouldn't have been out there on the, on the overtime. And I guess uh, McClellan, actually, if you guys recall back in the overtime game in uh, Chicago, Jokinen was on the ice for a shift. I was uh, my heart was in my stomach when that happened. I don't know what the coach was thinking then. But on the, the problem there. for the Oilers in that game is they're without Dry Settle, they're without Kajula. You know the Oilers actually get pretty thin when it gets to three on three. Mm-hmm. So I mean that's that that's the only I problem. I think Lucic got an overtime shift. Maroon think, did for sure. Yeah. That was a longer overtime too, Jamie. So maybe we're yeah, comparing apples thought, and oranges. Yeah, but yeah. I don't know. fair point. What fair I point. See, I see with Jokic, and I just like honestly, guys, I just he doesn't have it. Uh, play dies with him. Obviously, yes, he's a very cerebral player and all that, but you can just see the games passed him by. But besides that, also another point I wanted to make was about uh, how come Sleppy or even Cassian don't get a chance up in the top in the top line. Um, I, I, I like Sleppy. I'm a fan. I think he's big. He's a good skater. He's got a good shot. I think he's got a good head for the game. He gets scratched tonight. Uh, you got Peck Raiden in there. Yes, he works hard, but he's absolutely no threat to score. Uh, Sleppy had a great playoff. Uh, he missed training camp, so he's a little off, and he gets scratched tonight. Didn't understand that move. Um, if it's me, Packer. if it's me, Jamie, I would play Slepyshev over Packerina. If it's me, so you're preaching yeah. to the choir with yeah, that. We we both agree on that one. Yeah, that one, and then also like even Cassian, he's not playing much, but I mean he's our energy guy, and uh, I just I would like to see these guys get a chance. Uh, I just I, I still don't understand why a Slepy doesn't get the chance. Like I mean. You know, another thing tonight, the kid, um, Yamamoto there, showed that he's not ready. Uh, yes, he's got a great future, but tonight I think was the first time that it showed that he's not ready for the NHL and for the you know 82 games and all that. I, I mean, to me, give Slappy a, lo- a look up there. Uh, give Clyde Slappy on the on this you know on and shooting on the power play on the on the left there. I, how come we haven't seen that? I, don't, I just it's, it boggles my mind. Yeah. What do you guys think? <laughs> no, thanks, Jamie. We appreciate the call. Well, I I, I like some of the things Slepyshev does. I mean, for a forward, you, you got to start finishing more. And yeah. right now, no other's forward is is uh, is really doing that. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I to me, Packerinen is like a really depth forward, and Slepyshev is more dangerous. I guess he doesn't kill penalties, but I don't know if they're making decisions on on penalty killing yeah. at this point. I mean, both of us were surprised that Slepyshev was out and Packerinen was in. We both talked about it before the game. As for having him as the one-timing dude on the the power play, I mean, the Oilers coming in, going into this season, they had a top five power play the way they had it set up last year. So they would have to be uh, in dire straits to change that. And the one thing that Latestu, he, I mean, he scores on the power play. He's got two power play goals, I believe, this year already. Yep. And he wins face off. Almost a third tonight. Yeah. And he wins. And he wins face off. So that's why he's playing at a Slapachev on the on the power play, and deservedly so. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I would expect to see Slapachev in against Dallas. I guess we'll find out with the morning skate on uh, on Thursday. But well, uh, another thing too. I mean, I would have if I'm doing the lineup tonight. I was shocked that Latestu was playing the right wing with Drysidle. I would have had him as my fourth line center, and I would have had Slepyshev playing with Drysaddle to start the game. But here's the thing: when you're the lowest scoring, I don't know if Montreal officially passed them in goals per game tonight. It'll be close. They're, like, there's no wrong answers right no. now. There, no, there's no really. Like, right. Unless someone calls in and says, "Make Johanna Vitu the first line center," 
okay, that. But the, other than that, there's really not a long, lot of wrong answers. And and a lot of these players have had chance. I mean, Cassian, he got elevated minutes a couple of games in a row, and the others got shellacked in those games. And they didn't like a couple penalties. Either. No, and yeah, rightfully so. Yeah. All right, Gary has called in. Hi, Gary. Uh, hey, thanks for taking my call this evening. Uh, Try to call on uh, the Philadelphia game on uh, Saturday there. I just kind of couldn't get through. I got cut off anyways. I'm glad to get on, uh, online this evening. Um, I, I personally think that the, uh, the Oilers have to get engaged more. Like, what I'm seeing is play to their strength. Uh, like, the only game we led in any of the whole game was, was Calgary, the first game of the season. And since then, we've been catch-up, playing catch-up. So that's one thing we got to, uh, the team's got to address. They got to come out a little more passion. Like, I'm talking about uh, uh, Cassian, for example, he hasn't done much. Uh, Maroon's doing okay, but uh, the big guys, you know, get them to run some people against the board, to rub them, uh, chirp, whatever, you know, get get uh, get the rest of the guys in the game, you know, one. That's one thing. Uh, the second thing I want to make is regards to the power play. Um, too much parameter passing. Uh, not enough deep bodies in front of the net. Once again, using the big guys, crash the net, do what you got to do, outnumber the opposition in front of the net, and just. Uh, whack and pack in the pack, you know. That's when we now you got to score now and uh, 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 score goals now in NHL, right? Uh, because we play much better, uh, reduce the mistakes, um, win more battles against the boards, and get a chance to get the puck out, get the puck out. And uh, I think if they follow that ingredient, they'll be a better team like they were last year. Appreciate it, Gary. Thanks for calling. 780-496-0063. It's 849. Penguins 2, Oilers 1 in overtime. More time for calls. Some more post-game reaction from Pittsburgh as well. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre.